Hello and welcome back to episode number five of the Boys at Wax Pat Lyrical. Uh, without further ado, let's meet your starting presenters. Uh, Ryan Slaughter, 189 pounds, uh, five foot four, Waterboy, Birmingham City University. Dan Hewitt, 200 pounds, didn't take part in any sport, <laughs> the year of life. Uh, Brian Walter, uh, $475 left in my wallet from last week's trip to Seattle. Uh, old Haberdashers Player of the Year 1997. Right then, gentlemen, since we last recorded stuff, uh, it was possibly about three weeks ago now, what have you been buying, selling, trading, uh, watching or losing on eBay? Let's go to Dan first of all. Right. Um, buying, not a lot. I am watching, and these, this is the reason I haven't bought anything, is I'm watching two fairly expensive cards. I don't want to really go into detail about what they are because I don't want to get, I don't want anybody bidding on them who's listening, so I'd sooner not tell anybody what they are. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm watching, uh, one of, one's a one of one and one's a, um, to five of the same card. Um, there's a clue. Um, I've obviously had a massive selection box from you for Christmas, Brian, which is uh, which is lovely. The, mm. the missus loves uh, One Direction cards, and the, the kids, uh, yeah. the, the, the kids are looking, the kids are looking longingly at the Paw Patrol boxes that I still haven't opened for them. Um, and I got me uh, me shock Jeremy Shockey card in there as well. So thank you very much for bringing that back for me, mate. All good. That's a, that's about it. I haven't like I say I haven't picked anything up because I'm intending on splashing out on these two cards hopefully they are nice cards and if anyone wants to know what they are uh, both ryan and myself are open to blackmail we know what the cards are so <laughs> hey, i'm gonna gazump him with like seconds to go <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we'll flip them onto him for a lot of profit <laughs> i was just about to say that yeah <laughs> job done topical topical excellent ryan what have you been uh, buying selling and watching yeah um so um yeah thank you very much for the box uh, brian absolutely amazing um stuff and thank you to everybody and um, that you work within the states to get them really excited to be open those packs uh come christmas time from a calendar um i actually done quite a few trades under the radar um not really chatted about it too much i've done some really good trading actually with a few people so the old trade album is taking a bit of a hit um, i even did a big trade today uh, and a pc trade so um, done really well there, so I'm quite quite happy. Break wise, absolutely atrociously miserable. <laughs> Nothing. I can't. I, I you know. I, I don't think. The, yeah, the last card I hit. I think I said last time was Caron Johnson. I think that break was probably about six weeks ago, maybe even two months ago now. So not a good run. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, like I said, I've been back in Seattle watching the Seahawks lose to the uh, Chargers, uh, but picked up. It was only five weeks between trips, so there was. Not as much mail as there normally is, but uh, still a, a fair whack. Uh, managed to liberate my two Spectra Russell Wilson uh, Super Bowl champion cards. They've come back with me. Price on them has gone down a little bit now as well. So if anyone's looking for a deal online, they are going for uh, about 34% less than they were three, four weeks ago. Uh, in breaks, uh, in the greatest hits, I picked up a Sean Watson card, which... I think Steve mailed out to me and I asked the mail today, so I've got a, that all nice re-delivery. That's exciting for everyone to know, isn't it? But such is life. And uh, buying still, I've prison came out a couple of weeks ago. We could be reviewing that shortly. I was in about eight or nine breaks uh, with Mojo and a couple of other companies as well. Hit some decent cards out of that. Um, 
doing a couple of rainbows from that. I'm quite intrigued with, with, with Prison this year. It's a bit of a classic set. Uh, watching at the moment, I've only got about six on my watch list, which is very um, a very small amount for me. But uh, just waiting for a few more products to come out. There's uh, Immaculate, which was supposed to come out last week when I was still out in the States. But that's coming out, I believe, later on uh, this Friday as such, which will be, I think it's the 17th it's, that's due out. So that'll be interesting when that comes out. Um, but yeah, let's move on from what we've all been doing onto our next section, which is hobby news. Right, let's start with uh, Ryan. Ryan, what can you bring us from the uh, world of sports cards? Yeah, I think the, the first bit of news I'm going to bring you is about um, not about um, uh, NFL football. Um, it's about basketball. Um, Panini have uh, last week announced that they are cutting the amount of product that they're doing for 2019. They currently, uh, for 2018, will have 27 products by the end of the year, and they're cutting down that down to 22. Um, slightly like uh, NFL, which is why I raised it, is that they do have exclusive deal um and i'm just willing to open up to you boys what you think that might mean or the impact potentially on football cards we'd have to wait and see obviously what it means for basketball i suppose but you'd have to hope that the quality would go up over quantity so rather than a lot of these products that feel rushed that we've talked about before on this show you'd have to hope that the, the quality goes up um with less releases fingers crossed that's what it means for football if they do if they do it a similar thing, if you like, if they paired it back, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't affect any of us really, would it? If they, you know, if they paired it back five products, I can't. It wouldn't really be a problem. No, it, obviously, it depends what products they they they, they pulled back on and, and re- removed from the market. I think there's a couple we'd probably all agree on. But I don't think we'd all be shedding any tears if they removed X half from the market and burnt everything from uh, <laughs> from past releases on that. But I'm quite curious to know exactly why they've. Uh, taken five products away. I don't think they've actually said they just revealed it at a, a, a bit a card sort of conference and show didn't they last week yeah. uh, last week I think it was in, in Nashville uh, we, we, yeah Nashville Tennessee Ryan's uh, home city as such yeah and they, they gave no reason behind it just said this is what we're doing uh, but Panini don't seem to explain uh, what they're doing a lot of the time they just tell you this is what they're doing and people just have to try and second guess the reasons behind it whether it's because they weren't selling these particular products, who knows? Because uh, listening to the guys on the from Mojo Break on the hype last week, they were saying that they were reviewing their favourite products from basketball only from the last year. And they were listing some, and they were going through uh, obviously ones that they didn't like. And a lot of products they said basketball products, particularly, uh, you can buy for um, under what they released for a year ago. So that possibly might be the reason why Panini withdrawing it because they simply can't shift the products. But again, only time will tell. Uh, most football products do shift. You rarely see any boxes of football products that a year later are still available for the same price or lower than they were actually were on release date. So quite curious on that one. Uh, Dan, have you got another hobby news item for us? Yep, um, quite exciting news as far as I'm concerned, but the Panini decided to bring Playbook back. Um, it's particularly exciting for me. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Playbook. It was probably the first of the higher-end boxes that I ever bought. Did quite well with it. Um, the book wasn't brilliant. The book itself wasn't great, but um, the other cards within the box were were, were nice. So, yeah, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of Playbook, and I'm glad to see it, glad to see it return. When was Playbook last released by Panini then? 
2016 there was for sure then, so that would have been the last one they did. Yeah, some years on that are quite quite decent products. I've opened a few boxes of that. But I think it was the 2040 when I bought a box and you got, I think, two cards in it and I got two absolute stinkers that were worth about $5 each, probably worth more than toilet paper. But that's the luck of the draw when, you, when you're uh, cracking open boxes, I suppose. So, okay, move on to the next uh, bit of hobby news. Uh, Panini Contenders, which is considered by many as the true rookie card for NFL players. Uh, the advance notice of the product uh, have been posted by Panini in the last couple of weeks. And there are some exciting looking uh, things in store for us in there. Uh, this year, we've got a new a rookie ticket stub where uh, that's number to 99 or less. We've got the uh, rookie clear ticket as well, which is numbered down to 10 or less. They've got a 20th anniversary rookie ticket, which is all hard signed. And I believe that the big chase for that one is uh, that Mr. Thomas Brady is uh, is in that set. And they've also got uh, another contender to Canton set, which looks quite nice. They seem to have made quite a few um, more changes, than we should say, than normal to that contender set. Ryan, are you a fan of contenders? Um, I am. I, I've got quite a good collection, I suppose, of sort of... Um yeah over the last sort of uh, 20 odd years um more the older product um than anything else in recent product um the redesign i i, I thought because i was actually um <laughs> cataloging the exciting things i don't want to say i was cataloging cataloging some rookie cards and i was looking back at some of the older ones and re, you know the designs and it, it sort of takes me back a little bit to, to the older designs um of course the other chase in these are the silver tickets and golden tickets so they'll be uh they'll be the ones that people will be trying to crack as well dan are you a contenders man uh i'm not really no i'm not i've never really been on board with the with the whole the whole design or design or anything else, I mean, I know, it, like you said, it's sort of classed as the rookie cards chasing it now that now that we've got no tops chrome. Um, but I'm I'm just not a massive I'm not a massive fan. I think the redesign I prefer like the new design to to last year's, but I'm just not a fan of it really. No, I will say with any new design that when we see these releases from Panini, uh, from Panini previewing their upcoming products, they put pictures out and they say these are not the actual cards that are coming out and they're not because they never look completely the same there's some that we've seen come out that you think oh that looks a really good product and when they actually release they're absolute gash and likewise you can flip that over as well there are some that they put out where you think that looks absolutely dreadful and when the, the cards are actually pulled from the packets they are quite nice so that is something to look forward to i am quite a contenders rookie fan there's some uh decent seals rookies in there this year uh, one thing i will say on the, on the contenders front and it's not a dig at panini because it's not them they release the uh the boxes at price to, to the distributors and such like uh the preview says that the suggested retail price for uh contenders 12 packs is 144 dollars so i thought okay maybe 150 160 dollars for a box pre-sale you'd be able to pick up a few uh, but already you've got people like Blowout that are flogging it for $200 pre-sale. Now, to me, that is a bit of a a bit of a piss take, to be honest. You know, you're marking it up so high to start with. On eBay, I've I've looked the last couple of days, and there's been a few uh, boxes on there pre-sale for 165, 170. But they're from people that have got low ratings, and it to be honest, it looks like someone's just going to be <laughs> robbing you of money and not send you any products out. So. 
have to wait on that one because last year's contenders that released at 144 i can remember buying it in card shops and they're more expensive because they don't get obviously you're they've got bricks and mortar so they're they're always about 10 bucks higher than buying it online i did buy a box of contenders out in the states last year for 150 dollars and now the cheapest price you can get a, a 17 contenders hobby box is about 310 dollars so it's double the price so that's something to watch down the line uh, i think we've got one more uh, hobby news item ryan yeah it was it was an interesting thing that came up um, um if you haven't signed up for the email and sports collectors daily it's a pretty good website with bits and pieces on i do recommend it and had a really interesting um segment on adam thielen can you know considering how well he's done this season um and particularly about cards i mean he was drafted out of minnesota undrafted out of minnesota state where he did pretty well in division two um you know went to the vikings practice squad and t- 2013 so he didn't really have a rookie year so for for car collecting purposes until technically for 2016 um and he still because he he wasn't on the radar i was thinking it was what week week five or whatever week six that he, he took off in 2016 um he wasn't in any early product so the first card that actually sort of came out so you could technically cause rookie card was actually a panini instant card um there was only 166 of those made and the prices of those have rapidly shot up if you can if you see him on ebay um he was then in contenders of 2016 that year and that is classed as his rookie um auto uh, uh, uh card and also in select and those two products from 2016 the prices are absolutely rocketed um if you can sort of talk about cracked ice contenders 9.5 um graded talking well over a thousand dollars and i was tracking a just the standard base autograph um and they're going for well over 300 dollars at the moment and i think it just goes to show that sometimes you can uh invest in a bit of prospecting i suppose uh and get a little bit lucky but i think there'll be some uh uh Thielen or, or you know owners who cracked some of those boxes in 2016 who'll be jumping for joy right now no definitely it's uh i do like contenders and i buy a couple of boxes and i will a couple of months after they've been released i will buy job lots of rookie autos on there from guys that are probably out the league within two years uh just to look back on in in the hope that possibly down the line this Seahawks will sign them up and so I've got their rookie card so to speak uh, but if you do hit something like that then, then that's all good isn't it so Dan are you a, are you a fan of this uh, Minnesota receiver uh, massively yeah I know we talked about it and uh, I, I talked about it with a group of friends as well talking about the NFL in general um, and we were saying he's right he's right on the bubble of that sort of top five elite players um, elite wide receivers sorry Um your first four, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna name easy, but then that that fifth player uh, and and Thielen's part of that discussion. You probably have five or six wide receivers who, who you ask ten different people, you get you get three or four different answers, three or four different players thrown in there, um, and he's he's amongst them now, I think. So you can you can understand why he's why his card prices have rocketed. Definitely, definitely. Right then, that's the hobby news section for episode five. Let's move on now to a, a product review. Uh, the 
the flow of releases from Panini has gone down to a trickle recently, and the only product that's been released as such in the last few weeks is uh, one of the classic sets, Prism. Prism Football was released. Uh, Dan, what are the details on Prism, please? It was uh, released on the 26th of October. You're getting 12 cards per pack, 12 packs per box, and 12 boxes per case. In every box, you're expecting three autographs, four inserts, nine numbered prism cards, 24 rookie cards, and a base rookie prism. Okay. What was the uh, starting off price for that, the suggested price from Panini? Not sure what the suggested price was. Um, I think at the moment, they're $167. Uh, I think the... the, I would imagine it was cheaper uh, last than that, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was about 145, 148, something like that again. So so what are our views on Prism, uh, Ryan? Yeah, um, I've always found Prism a, a nice product. <laughs> um, you know, collecting a bit of base and here we go. Um, I, I prefer Select, even though it's more expensive as, as in terms of that type of um, foil type product. Um, but it is a nice product. I understand why people go go nuts for it. I think one of the things that I've actually quite enjoyed, though, boys, I don't know if you think the same, is it's the first product this year where it has been a bit more about the actual collecting the parallels. So there's been quite a lot more excitement about, you know, your prism light blues, your die cuts, your black finites and your gold vinyls and your camos, um, the stained glasses and all that kind of stuff. And people have really, really gone for it. And I think that's quite nice, it, 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 you know, in terms of I haven't seen a lot of hype about the autos. It's, it's kind of as if the autos just happen to be in there. But people are really going for the chase in terms of in terms of the other the other product that's in there the the you know the different different um base parallels and stuff and looking at collecting them uh, and i think that's really nice i think it's quite refreshing for this year considering the 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 rookie year we are in where we have a product that like i said i know that the market's slightly different but certainly where in our little bubble you know people aren't going for those autos as much or or as excited about those autos um, of you know the the Baker Mayfield and the and, and the Josh Allen's and and Saquon Barkley's, but actually it's it's about the the parallels of the cards, and I, I quite I think that's really good. I think it's good for the hobby. I think you know um, I, I know at the higher end, you know, of your Black Phoenites or whatever it is, or your Apex Black Phoenites or Trifectors, it, they're hard to get hold of, and the value's massively high. But it's it's nice. I think it'd be a nice. Um, if there's a rookie that you really love this year, I think it'd be a great, great little project to do a little rainbow. And, and so, uh, yeah, I think it's a good product. Dan, are you a prison man? I quite like it. Um, I think what you touched on with the, the whole rainbow collecting thing, um, I think it's a great idea if that's, if, if, if that's what you're into. Um, if you can get older than one one, I'd start from there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah uh, uh, just a bit of advice for anybody out there. By the way, it's fairly new to the hobby. Uh, yeah, don't collect from the low up. Collect from the high down. Because <laughs> you're going to be very, very disappointed at some point. Or very, very skin. If you look back at my national treasures from last year. Mm, mm. <laughs> Yeah, the one the one on one black finance going to be uh, that's it's going to be tough to tough tough to come across some of them in the particular the rookies as you said. Uh, the one thing that's nice about it is it's a it's a big set, isn't it? So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of vets in there. So whilst yeah, 
the Saquon Barkley is going to be the the black fan out. You're probably not going to you're probably not going to get it. And if you if you really wanted to rainbow him, you might have to stop when you get to the odd five or whatever. But for pretty much everybody's team, there's there's probably a vet in there that you could you could do quite quite cheaply. Um, I mean, looking at the Giants, Jonathan Stewart. I know he's 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 bust and whatever else. But if you if you wanted to do that as a rainbow, I imagine it'd be it'd be a relatively cheap one to cheap one to go after and cheap one to pick up. It'd be attainable as well. Yeah, I've uh, like we said in the in the uh, intro uh, and earlier on, I've brought into quite a lot of breaks. So I've got uh, right, <laughs> I've got probably about two hundred Seahawks base cards in front of me and, and some hits as well. I also bought uh, a whole box. Watch that get uh, broken by Mojo, and I bought two boxes of Prism out in the states. Rip that! I've got all that here. I'm definitely going to do the, the entire base set, which is three hundred cards, which is two hundred vets and a hundred rookies in there. Uh, later on this week when I get some time I'm going to start trying to put those into seeing what I need put them into folders as such and a lot of the inserts as well I was quite lucky to pull uh, about I think I've got about four of the Jimmy Grappolo inserts I've got the out of 10 out of 25 75 and such so there is a possibility of doing a rainbow there but like you said if you've not got the one of one then it's extremely expensive the one uh, rainbow I'm going for is the Seahawks uh, seventh round draft pick this year um, from F- Florida, University of Central Florida. It was Alex Magoo, who's now in the practice squad. Uh, I've got about six or seven of his autographs. You never know. He could turn into a into a sensation in four or five years' time, but it's just something a bit more interesting. You know, if I'd have gone for, for Rashad Penny, the fact that he signs bug rule anyway, <laughs> means I'd get a load more redemptions but first round draft pick they're so expensive whereas I'm picking up uh, this guy's autograph out of, out of 10 Mr Magoo which is also a great name I'm picking up his uh, autographs out of 10 for like $15 so that's just a nice little little set for me to build it is one of the classic sets you know it's um, it's something to look back on you know it's it is as DJ said in uh, in his interview in the last episode it's a good value product you're, you're paying 160 170 dollars a box but you're getting 144 cards out of this so you're getting something to get your hands on have a look through and it's just nice rather than spending 150 dollars or 120 dollars on something like elements even though ryan would probably do that just to get your hands on like four or five bits of tin so no prism is a good set it's if you are starting out and collecting, and I know quite a lot of guys that listen to this uh, are starting out, Prism is one that is uh, a good one to to get first off, and you can take your lead from there. And that's the only release we've had in the last few weeks, so that brings the review section to a very early close. Uh, we'll just have a look at a couple of future releases that are coming up. Dan, give us a couple of uh, upcoming releases, please. We've got 2018 Playoff Football. That's releasing on the 21st of November. Um, you're expecting eight cards per pack, 12 packs per box, 20 boxes in a case. Um, you're expecting one autograph and one mem card in your box, 20 inserts, 12 rookies and four parallels. And the RRP is $95 a box. Okay. What else is coming out? Uh, rookies and Stars. That comes out on the 26th of November. 
that you've got 10 cards per pack, six packs per box, 14 boxes per case, two autographs and two mem cards, 22 inserts, 12 rookies, five numbered parallels, and two numbered Optichrome inserts. Okay. And it's similar, similar, similar RRP, $94 a box, this one. Okay, out of those two products that are coming out, which uh, one are you most looking forward to, Ryan? Um, I used to really like um, rookies, rookies and stars back in the day, and you can really, if you're on a cheap product, um, if you're a fan of any players in sort of late noughties, early early teens, then um, then I then then pick up a box because they're very very cheap. Um, probably rookies and stars. I, you know, playoff isn't particularly for me. I think it's an absolutely fabulous product if you're starting out um, collecting. Um, I still think it's a bit expensive, though, for what it is. I think then what ninety-five dollars a box um, uh, RRP. So I'd like to see that a, lot, a bit cheaper, but around about like seventy. Um, and as we know, last year WH Smiths in the UK seemed to stock it in certain shops. So, um, but but I, I personally don't don't see the value in it, me personally. But it, it, you know, it's a good product if you're getting into the hobby. Um, uh, at the price point, I suppose. I'm going to contradict myself on something I said earlier, just for a change. Uh, when I said that football boxes, the prices never seem to come down; they always seem to stay as they are or go up. Uh, playoff football last year. Uh, what do you say? Was was it 79 last year? I th- I thought it was a bit cheaper last year, so I, I, I'm going to pretend yeah, I could say 79.80. But it, yeah, yeah, they blowout had it on special offer. Of, about three weeks ago for I think it was something like twenty nine ninety five a box so I bought two boxes to, to rip in Seattle uh, in one box I didn't get any autograph at all so <laughs> no, not impressed so in fact I paid full price for like one bloody autograph so hey ho such is life but no yeah Rookies and Stars is, is a is a nice set uh, I've got quite a few of those in the collection dating back the last seven eight years uh so yeah, Dan, which is your favourite out of those two? I'd, I'd go the opposite way to you two and say playoff, and for the reason that Ryan mentioned in that WH Smith stocks them. Um, out of the two, I don't even I don't even like playoff, right? But WH Smith stocking them and stocking them in the UK, I found myself every time the missus dragged me to town, I just because I could, I just go and buy a few packs of. Buy a few packs of playoffs, ended up with loads of it. I don't like it, don't collect it or anything else, but it was just the novelty of being able to buy it in the UK. So fingers crossed that happens again, to be I th- honest. I thought the irony be nice to The irony though of it was that, that the price point that WH Smith was selling it for, right? You could get out of Steve, who's having to pay taxes, imports, shipping, and then ship it out to you. Yeah, <laughs> which I would tell yeah, but you, you get you could actually get a better box. You could actually get a better box through Steve yeah. for the same money as yeah. if you bought a box in WH yeah. and like yeah. say he's at, he's got all the other stuff on it. So, so, so I was just gonna just be a little warning for our you know our UK brethren because I know a lot of people rushed out there and even bought boxes off the shelves and I was like, but considering the fact that Steve has to pay import tax, shipping, then has to ship it out to you, he actually has boxes at the same amount of money that are better. So just, you know, that was just a, yeah, a, an observation that I had from last year. 100%, yeah, 100%. I'd say it was the novelty factor for me. Yeah. That you, that, you could, that you could. So, you know, if I'm in town anyway, then might as well treat myself to a couple of packs while I'm there. Uh, 
obviously we've got uh, uh, Immaculates coming out this Friday which, that was delayed and I believe the next couple of weeks we've got Ryan's favourite product of all time making its uh, debut you said we weren't well, going to talk it? about it <laughs> well oh, <laughs> I'm just going to throw the word Obsidian out to you Ryan and see how you react I haven't set up the bleep button yet <laughs> I, don't know, I just I want to take you back to something you said earlier because all we've seen of Obsidian at the minute is them is them product releases and we all think they look absolutely awful. But but from what you were saying earlier, Brian, when you get them in hand, they they might be like you know absolutely beautiful. We, yeah, we, we but, don't know. But, it could be but, that one that's opposite to the sheet. But when I said that, normally it's because you see that the pitch on the cards, you think, well, that doesn't look like a great picture when it comes out. The picture of the player on there is really sharp and clear and the colours look really nice. But just the design of Obsidian makes you... No, I don't think any one of us of our series would be rushing out to buy it for $150 for a pack of six cards. But you never know. I'm sure Ryan's up to have his <laughs> his mind changed when it comes out. We'll, we'll have to see when that one makes its debut on the uh, shelves. So, Oh, sorry, I've, I've just come back from having a slash because I just had to come out and get out of the room do you know what I mean uh, while you're talking about it <laughs> so yeah there you go uh, ladies and gentlemen and uh, whatever uh, that is the product preview section for this episode episode number five uh, if you want to contact us you should know the score by now we are on twitter at waxpack lyrical uh, contact us through there also, you can email us. I think only one person's actually emailed us. I think it was probably Dan's wife, actually. <laughs> she could have spoke to him over the breakfast table, but she decided to email us instead. Well, that's very kind of her. Uh, and that is waxpatlyrical at gmail.com. Right, now we move on to a new section here on Wax Pat Lyrical. Uh, this section is called The Mass Debate. Debating a subject that is close to all our hearts. Ryan, what is the subject for the first Mass Debate? Yeah, so we put it out there to everybody um, on the NFL uh, Car Traders group. We put it out on our Twitter feed. We got a load of stuff back. We already had had a chat earlier in the week about some of the subjects. Um, and I think one subject that sort of <laughs> kept coming up and also was right uh, uh, fairly pertinent to this week. Um, so we settled on... Um, uh, this question the increase in quick buck or flipping of cards is ruining the hobby discuss dan here you have the floor okay um first of all it's a mass debate but i think we're all gonna come at mark come at it from different angles but i think we're all going to agree um because the short answer is yes reason being is that it feels like people are getting into the hobby because they are of the belief that if they buy a load of cards on the cheap from America, getting bought over to the UK, then they can, as you said in the title, make a quick book, flip them for profit. It's it's just kind of, it's not what the what the hobby's about. Be into it because be into it because you you love it. Be into it because it's something you enjoy doing. If it's not something you enjoy doing. Why waste Why waste your time on it? Why are you bothered scouring eBay picking picking cards up just so you can sell them for like fifty p on a card or or whatever it is whatever it is people are making on it. I just I don't I don't really understand it. You know, you're seeing pictures of mail days coming and there's cards and cards everywhere and then literally in the same post they're all for sale why did you bother having the mail day shipped to you in the first place if they were if they were all for sale i i, I can't work it out for the life of me uh, it's probably a uk specific problem 
because it obviously, whilst I'm sure flipping would happen, but it wouldn't happen in sort of the same um, the same sort of context in America because there's the, the easier access to cards. So if you know if you can buy one on eBay for two dollars fifty, so can somebody else down the street. So it's not going to be as easy to as easy for people to to flip them and make a profit, but. Yeah, my, my big gripe with it is just if you if you're getting into the hobby, get into the hobby for for what it is. It's it's collecting. You know, you're getting things that y- you like. You're not buying things just because somebody else has liked them and give you give you fifty p more than more than what you've paid for it. If, once it gets to that point, there's probably far more profitable things you could be doing to make. <laughs> you could be flipping to make some money on. I'm sure. No, exactly. Ryan, what's your uh, take on this? Yeah, and I, I think that um, Dan was absolutely right. I think we 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 all, in general, come uh, end up with this, but it's such an important debate that I think we need to to have here more around about um, hopefully people trying to learn some lessons here from from us old fogies. But and I, I mean, collecting years and years, and I've, I've no no bones about that. But when I I started collecting because my best friend Rich Budden uh, bubbled to me anyway for fifteen years. Uh, still odd to me calling rich um got me into it you know been best buddies for a long time and the first thing i did was uh, i said this this week actually in the group the first thing i did is uh, i got one of uh steve's startup boxes which are absolutely fantastic and i've asked him to start them up again uh which you get you know four or five packs of hobby packs and then you add some top loaders and a mag case and it was all in a cardboard box still got it it's battered to shit right now but i still got it um and started getting to the hobby that way he started you know uh, i got a, a box of score and you know open score and i think you know other other sort of low-end products i got some older products because it was really cheap and i just enjoyed opening a few packs then i started getting a couple of you know autos right because i didn't really have a, a hit card i can't i can't remember having a hit card for quite some time so so started to get into that get some titans and that was all good and then i think the the greed did take over because once I realised that I could import stuff from America, so I had a, a Comsi account. Once I realised, I think the greed did take over, and I did start buying some cards that I had no way were they were ever going to touch my collection. Because I thought I could make a couple of quid on the side, which would then be able to chase, I suppose, get myself a bit of kitty together so I could do other things. Now, one of the cards in question I, I, I bought is one card, and I tried flipping it in the group got absolutely mullered like proper called out about it but it was the best thing that ever happened to me like the best thing i didn't take it like you know as aggressive thing um you know people just get said look this is not what we do it's not what we're about and it completely changed everything for me at that point because i realized what had happened was that the reason why i got into the hobby which was because i enjoyed collecting cards i liked certain cards i like i said i like my acetate my old school flare acetate cards and things like that the stuff that made me excited i'd completely forgotten about because in effect, I was chasing something that I would never get in the world anyway. Um, if you if you if you ask any person, and you know, if you check out the blow, the blowout forums, actually has a thread on this kind of thing uh, in itself. And the guy, there was a guy on there, um, and I was reading it. He was saying, "Look, it's just pointless. It's pointless because <clears throat> every time you spend a thousand thousand dollars, you're probably going to get about a hundred dollars back. Because if you're into this hobby to make a bit of money." 
in, in, on those small volumes. It's just not going to happen. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me getting called out of it. And ever since, you know, I really, I've really genuinely enjoyed the hobby, like properly enjoyed it because it wasn't about chasing a couple of quid or trying to get fucking, you know, two quid out of some kid from somewhere for a crap card. It was it was about what the cards that I wanted and the cards that I were trading was because I enjoy breaks. I still enjoy breaks. Yes, I'm taking a little bit of a dino this year because, you know, it's not been the hottest Titans rookie year. But but I enjoy trading. I enjoy collecting my own cards, the cards that I want. I enjoy, um, you know, I've changed PC this year um, and I've enjoyed getting those cards in. And it was, a, like I said, it was the best thing that ever happened to me was getting called out for doing it. I But the problem is, is I think that it's so easy now. And I think one thing that I think pisses me off, because I, I, I actually, the card I tried to flip was actually a high-end card. It was just a shit player. But um, is people are buying crap at low prices on in the States from eBay, bringing it over here, and then thinking they could sell it for more money when it was crap in the first place. The reason why you bought it for that price on eBay in the States because it was a crap card in the first place. So what makes you think that I'm going to, pay double the amount just because you've got to pay shipping or whatever it is on top so i think people just need a bit of a reality check i mean the other point that i'd, I'd going to make on this because it is going to get into pricing and like i said i think this debate will go into various directions <laughs> so one of the other thing that really annoys me and this is nothing to do with flipping or making a quick buck when people post a card and say well i want the price that i paid for it that's not how cards work card collecting is a hobby therefore there is a market price cards their values go up and they go down and they can rapidly go up and they can rapidly go down so it does annoy me sometimes when somebody says well i bought this card a year ago and i want the, the price that i paid for it that's not how the hobby works the hobby is a black hole it's not there to make money the only people who make money out of it are the distributors and we already just discussed that um so you know i, I think we wanted to have this debate because to you know basically be like old geezers and and give, just give a bit of, a bit of sound advice around the subject yeah, definitely. I think <clears throat> I'll just jump on with my my two pen of earth as such. I wouldn't say that it's making a quick about flipping it is, is is ruining the hobby. I think it's it's muddying the waters a bit. Um, as a lot of the guys know, before there were a couple of mail mailing services sort of thing that that you can send your your stuff to in the states or ship it over to you, where you don't have to pay the exorbitant import rates and such like that. When I was going over to the States, I was buying up two or three grand's worth of cards at times and then selling them to the group. But then I was selling them at, I wasn't making a profit out of it at all. It was just bringing some really good cards into the group, a lot of flawless cards and auto cards and stuff like that. Just because people, because people had no access to, to bring cards, that amount of cards into the UK market as such. And when I was uh, selling them as such, doing my Seattle sales, as they were called at the time, I was paying. $25 for a card. I was selling it for $27 to cover the postage. And then about three weeks later, I'd see someone trying to sell it for about another 10, 12 quid on top. It's like, well, it's not for your collection, is it? You're trying just to make, you're seeing me as the middleman to make you a little bit, some beer money for the weekend, which is, you know what I mean? It's, it's down to you what you do with your cards, but that put me off doing that to a certain extent. And now you have got a couple of companies that will, will ship your stuff in. You know I mean, there's no need for me to do it. So I just concentrate on bringing back uh, sugary snacks for Dan's kids now. They fill my suitcase <laughs> instead. 
I think ninety percent of the weight in my suitcase that came out last week was was for was for Dan's family. So, but anyway, that's that's an, another question. But yeah, what well, you guys have touched on earlier as well, some of the stuff that has been put up. You know, there was a post went up today on the on the uh, uh, on the on the UK cards page and stuff where uh, Gav, who we've had on the show a couple of episodes ago, said that people that don't get involved and don't cont- contribute, they're going to be removed from the group. You know, and there's a few arguments going backwards backwards and forwards and that and it was you know you because trouble is you can you can read messages in in four or five different ways if someone's not actually speaking it to you you don't understand what they're saying so it, it goes backs and forwards but if someone's causing trouble there, there are new a lot of guys have been in the group for two or three months now that are putting up lots of cards for sale that they've bought and like ryan said that they're, they're buying absolute tat and they're trying to flip it for a couple of quid extra you know but to me, it, it doesn't bother me because I see the posts go out from the same names. I know it's the same cards they put up four days ago, and now they're at the same price, but it's it's a special Saturday sale at the same price the Tuesday sale was at. You know, and it, it's just crazy. Yeah, everything must go today. I've got my own something else. Well, it is. No, no one is forced to buy the cards. You know what I mean? No one's forced to sell the cards. I, I just ignore the posts. And to me, if people are coming onto the group there and they're constantly almost spamming the amount of cards they're trying to sell. They will soon learn after two or three months when they spent five, six hundred pounds on cards that they can't shift that you're not going to make your fortune from this. You know what I mean? Th- th- there is not magic beans you throw at the bottom of the uh, card collecting, uh, <laughs> I mean, the card collecting road. There's no, no beanstalk is going to come and produce you all the way up to, to the status of uh, Mr. Kirk Quack and, or Dan Hewitt when it comes to money, you know? So, so yeah, uh dan what else have you got on this subject yeah i'd I'd stress um what i said earlier really if you're gonna get into it get into it because because it's what you want to do i can name a million and one things that you can you can buy and sell better than you can you can buy and sell cards and and ryan touched on it with, with the card value thing um so cards can rock it in value and they can and plummet in value We've tried to do the whole prospecting thing and we've proved it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> um, so what you're buying, even if it's just, you know, like Ryan says, you're buying it for $2.50 or whatever, that's because that's the market value of the card. If it was worth any more, then somebody else would have outbid you and picked that card up in the States anyway. Um, that, that's, that, that's all it's worth. And you, you're bringing it over here thinking, possibly thinking that we're a little bit, greener than what we are or you know we haven't we've got the same access that, that everybody else has got now every like you said brian everybody's got access to to ebay now using all the all the companies that can can ship us cards over and what have you so if people wanted to buy and people wanted to buy that two dollars fifty card that you've picked up thinking you can make a quick book on then chances are they would have done i think one thing that uh, the new guys the group they're trying to 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 flog a lot of cars they don't realize that it is a niche market you know if you hit a really good card in a break be it with steve or be it with one of the other companies that a lot of us use out in the states when it comes back you still will have trouble shifting it because people simply don't collect it you know there is i'd say there's a hardcore in the nfl uk group of probably 50 people tops who are always near enough always around every week commenting and you know, doing a bit of wheeling and dealing, getting involved in the same breaks. You get people that come in and come out. 
but out of those, how many how many people collect like the the mid to high end silks that, that I do? Very few. So it's the same with with you guys. There's there's a yourself and Mark that collect the Titans, Ryan and Dan. There's there's not many Giants fans in the group, so you're not going to make lots of trades with people for Giants cards, are you? I, th- I think the one we've touched on today when you've you you were talking about your. Uh your Chiefs card, and I talked about the Mahomes that I got. At, at the end of the day, they've, you know, all right, we got lucky. We hit them in a break. They didn't, they didn't cost us all that much money. So technically, that one, that one is it in the jackpot. Um, yeah, so like them two cards, we're going to have to, we're going to have to probably get rid of them in the states. There's nobody here that's going to give us, give us what they're worth for them. Unfortunately, um, as you said, it's a niche market. I'm a Giants fan. I consider myself quite a big collector. You're a Seahawks fan. You consider yourself quite a big collector, but we've all got lives and we've all got jobs and responsibilities and everything else. And, you know, if somebody might pull a nice sack one Barkley that's worth 700 quid or whatever, it doesn't mean I'm going to have it handy to, to give them to buy it off. And if they, if they want it, then they're going to have to, they're going to have to get rid of it, get rid of it stateside really. And I think, I think the new members probably don't see that. They think that the, the, the marketplace is as, is as good over here. You see the group and the 900 members and everything else, but as you've just said, there's probably probably 40, 50 members who are the who are the hardcore that collect. And if they don't want it, then what what are you what are you going to do with it anyway? Exactly. Yeah, Dan's not got these 700 pounds to buy one of those cards. If you're listening, Becky, but off there he tells <laughs> if that card comes up, <laughs> he's got a secret stash, secret account in the nationwide in Stoke. <laughs> so <laughs> you can rob that come Christmas time. So, but yeah, for people that don't uh, realise the cards we had, Dan, your, yours is a National Treasures uh, Mahomes rookie card, isn't it? Yeah, number two ninety nine. Oh, uh, RP. Uh, what What did you see that valued at a couple of months ago? Before Mahomes got months, a couple of months ago, it was valued at about a hundred dollars. I've checked it again today. And it's going at about two forty. Yeah. So yeah, the, I, to be honest, I very nearly shifted it at the hundred dollars mark, and I'm 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 glad I didn't. But it's it's kind of like where'd you, where'd you pull the trigger? So exactly. Yeah. Wait till he gets to the playoffs or what? <laughs> out of this is absolute out of a break with uh, Ben from Midwest uh, Box Breaks. I got the AFC Western Division break, and he pulled me out the iconic ink triple. Autograph, which is number to 20, which is Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt on uh, three, uh, the big three players currently for uh, the Chiefs. The one of ones sold a couple of weeks ago for about $650. Uh, at the time when I pulled it, it was the season was like uh, first week of the season just gone. And the out of 20 card, the one that I've got, was going for about the $90 to $120 mark. After a couple of weeks, Mahomes looked really good and he was, you know, I mean, throwing five or six touchdown pass each week. It was going up to about $160, $170. And then a screenshot of the picture to the guys here a couple of weeks ago said, bloody hell, look, someone's put one of these cards up for $399. We all said, oh, it'll never go for that. The guy might accept $200. And then look last night on there just to do a little bit of research and someone actually paid the full $400 for it a couple of days ago. So it's a case of, uh, yeah, we might be moving that on. If there are any Kansas City Chief fans who are out there that are interested in two high-end cards, uh, <laughs> please get in touch with us. We're not uh, too shy to sell it. 
we all have bills to pay. Dan has got a One Direction album that needs filling up, so we'll need. Yeah, that. I need one card if anybody's if anybody's got any. Yeah, I brought back uh, Dan sixteen packs. I think about sixteen eighteen packs in the end of the One Direction collector set that I picked up in one of the hobby shops there. Uh, Ryan, not to miss out, got some My Little Pony cards, which he claimed for his daughter, but we're, we're down now <laughs> as well. And uh, Dan's wife opened her packs tonight, and she's one card short of it. What, Dan, what is the card you're looking for, if anyone's listening that might have it? It's a, it's a, it's a One Direction uh, temporary tattoo card, and it's the one with the tattoo that says, I love Niall. You love Niall. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have I to know check. One. I'll have to check the one I've got here. I don't know which one that is, but that's that's the one I need. Yeah, okay. So if there are any One Direction fans listening to this, first of all, you should be ashamed of should be not listening to our podcast. Uh, <laughs> but if you do have that card, uh, get in touch with us, and we can make Dan a very happy man. And it will also make his wife's, uh, his wife's evening. Not as good as the evening as when Dan goes out to work and leaves her on her own, but she'll still be quite a happy lady that night. Ryan, have you got any other thoughts on the... Uh, on the uh, flipping of cards? No, I think the, the the final thing to say is one one. I have to say the biggest cards that I've actually sold um, have been ones I've got in breaks. Um, and you know we all love breaking here, and and, and that that's that that's that's the way it goes. There's some fantastic people in the group that can put you in touch, and we've got links, and Brian's got links if you need to sell cards in the states. You don't actually have to use eBay. Um, some of the big sales I've done have, have been through people who have connections that know certain collectors, and they're collecting stuff. Um, and I've got no problem with prospecting. I think prospecting is a good thing. I think it's just part of part of the hobby prospecting. There are a couple of players I'm starting to look at, get my big board ready for draft next year. I know we're not even through the season yet. And there might be a couple of players I might have a look at um, for pro- prospecting um, next year. Uh, like I said, any questions anybody has, or if you want to have a blurry or an argument with us, um, just get in contact with us. Um, we're more than happy to have that argument or support you in your card collecting exactly feel free come on and uh, discuss it on it with us you know we like a nice heated debate so uh so that is the mass debate for episode five uh not a lot of arguing going on there because we all came from the same point of view we have got a few more topics coming up over the next few episodes where uh dan and ryan are, are sitting on either sides of the fence and i'll be sitting in the middle uh refereeing as, as they go back and forth so that'll be something to look forward to so uh that's it so let's move on to uh i believe is that mr partridge dan 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 right we moved on to the ask dan section one hobby question and then one wild card question which uh, for a change has not come from the hewitt household this week right dan your hobby question is what are the different hit cards you can get and what are the differences between a patch card and a jersey card? I'll, uh, I'll start with the different hit cards that you can get because I could be here a while. So originally it started as just a, a jersey piece or a, or a jersey patch piece and an autograph was pretty much pretty much the two standard hit cards you can get. It has branched out into, into everything. Now, so you can get helmets, cleats, gloves, 
you name it jock straps will be next i'm i'm waiting for that one um the, the pretty much anything a player has ever worn can now and probably does get put in a card um so they did just something that are, are, are different from the are different from the norm and they get they get grouped into grouped into hit cards the most common ones are your jersey cards and your your autograph cards um the difference between patch card and a jersey card now i was only enlightened with this information not not so many months back so a jersey card is your standard one color single piece of fabric would be classed as a jersey card a patch card is anything that contains something different from the jersey so part of a number part of the lettering on the back um then that would get classified as a patch card rather than a jersey card Okay, so there's your your hobby question, uh, Daniel. Wildcard question for this week. Uh, I'd like from you, please, a list of your top five biscuits. Top five biscuits. Good one. Well, that is. Um, oh, in in order, or can I just put them in no particular order? Give us five, and then you'll have to uh, list your five, and then give us a, a, a bronze, silver, and a gold medal. Okay, so. Right, bourbon and custard cream, two classics. Plain hobnob, not about the putting the chocolate on there, just, just give me the normal one. Fruit shortcake, or fruit shorty, as they're called. And <laughs> sounds really boring, but rich tea. I'm a massive fan of dunking a rich tea biscuit just for the gamble. So you know how long you can leave it in before it falls off. Do you, uh, do you eat your rich tea with your driving gloves on, old man? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> let, let, let's branch this out because there, there was a groan from the motor now. Now, Ryan, list your top five biscuits, please, I, mate. Yeah, I think rich tea is like the, the crappiest biscuits you can buy. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, straight off the bat, it's got to be obnobs at number one. Chocolate obnob can't can't beat a chocolate obnob. Uh, Jammy Dodgers, I quite like. The Nice, Bourbon, uh, okay. Bourbon, can't get on, and a ginger nut. Love ginger nuts. Yeah, I think I would go with. This is an enthralling section. Most people are turned off for this. <laughs> if you went to the last competition, I advise you to stay on there and just don't worry about talking about food stuff. So, uh, ginger nuts would be in there. Uh, I think uh, plain digestives they'd be in there as well. Uh, Gary Baldy controversial but a, a very nice biscuit um oh, plain chocolate digestive i'd probably go for as well uh but the winner would be a proper shortbread from Marks and spencers mm. none of your cheap nasty little stuff gentlemen mm. it's got to be a proper shortbread that dunks nice into your cup so so there we go that's your wild card question where we babbled on i'm sure ryan might even just edit that whole section out <laughs> of the thing because let's be honest but it was quite interesting so there we go right before we close up for the uh for the week we have a competition from from the last episode last episode the question set was how many steve mcnair rookie cards does mr ryan slaughter have in his collection uh ryan how many rookie cards have you got in your collection yeah, so um, from the uh, I've matched it against the official Beckett list, which is wrong, by the way, Beckett. So can you please change it? Um, 
uh, I have 17 out of 31, which actually I was really disappointed about. But then I realised what it was is that I've got about uh, about 10 or 12 rookie inserts rather than rookie cards. So um, I was also excited because it means I've got um, some collecting to do, boys, um, to get up to that magic 31. 14 more to go. Yeah. We had uh, about seven or eight entries this month, which wasn't too bad. And the closest to that with a guess of, I think the guess was nine, wasn't it? Was uh, Mr. Chris Guy. Well, congratulations, Mr. Guy. Uh, if you get in contact with us, uh, we will sort you out your prize. Right then, on to this week's question. Uh, I've just come back from Seattle. Brought back a lot of, of packs. Opened a lot out, out there. Brought a lot back as well. Brought back a lot of retro packs for some advent calendars for the guys, even though Ryan's opened half them already, and it's not even mid-November. Uh, the question for this month's, well, month's episodes, as we were our competition, is how many packs in total did I bring back from my trip to the States? That's how many packs in total did I bring back? It doesn't mean they had to be in one piece when they came back. If they were ripped out in the States, then that's all well and good. Uh, I'll give you guys a clue that there were about over 250 retro packs. So it, it's above that and it's quite a bit above that. So that's your question for this month. If anyone from Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs are listening, every pack I brought and everything I came back with, again, totaled to £389. I'm quite good at doing that, and I never go more than uh, £1 over my limit for bringing back in the country. Thank you very much. Right then, that is episode five in the bag. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks' time, I'm sure, maybe even sooner than that. We just had a little bit of a gap this time. Uh, due to me being away, Dan being on nights and Ryan being on probation. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, anything else to to, uh, to say before we sign off, gentlemen? Nothing from me, just thanks for listening. Happy collecting. Or is that, is that Ryan's line? It's <laughs> <laughs> on my line, you bastard. Wax Pat Lyrical, we are, uh, that's Ryan, Dan, and myself, Brian. Thank you very much for listening. If you stay to the end, you've been a trooper this episode. Let us know your five favourite biscuits, and we might even send some in the post to you. Thanks very much, gentlemen, and until next time, Ryan. Happy collecting.